of life is that journeys take us on different paths. And what better way to say than for us to realize that different journeys is a way for God just using His great master plan in each and every one of our lives. This podcast is all about engaging in other different journeys to help us understand from other people's perspectives on how God was using them from then until now and for their future to come. For us, ministry is very vital in our realm and in our circles here today. And the journeys that God has for each and every one of us needs to be shared. Hi, my name is Trey Brown. And I love to engage with conversations, with stories, and with journeys that God has for us to learn from their perspective on how God is guiding them in their journey for them. I want us to take away things that we need to learn and to grow and to also think about things that we could apply for our journeys that God has for us. There will be other times where I'll bring in guest speakers that will also talk about their careers and how they began their journey from there until their success moving forward. I want this podcast to be all about in flourishing in the path that you are going in life as you continue to walk with God and as you continue to build your career. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome. The Journey Begins Podcast. Let's start the journey together. What's up, everybody, and welcome in on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's been a little bit, but uh, guys, you've been so encouraging. And just in the last two episodes with me, uh, being able to talk with Julius and with Micah Kilmer on their stories. We've had over 6,000 listeners, so thank you so much for tuning into those. And today, I have a co-host with me and a guest speaker, which I'm excited about. Let's get into our co-host, my dad, Mike Rowell, who is very excited to help me interview our guest speaker here today. Uh, so, Dad, tell us a little bit, since we've last talked about the importance of bivocational ministry you're so passionate about it. What's it like going on for you in your life? Well, uh, thanks for having me on, Greg. Uh, it's awesome to be part of this. Yeah, uh, so it's, it feels for me like uh, a season is opening up where God's going to let me pour some of my uh, passion and some of my uh, work into helping bivocational pastors flourish. And so uh, that has looked like a private Facebook group just for bivocational pastors to encourage them to work through ideas to help with uh, next steps and then um, working with some friends right now to develop an actual platform uh, where we can start to post some articles uh, laying out the ideology of of a flourishing book by vocational ministry lifestyle and uh, going to include a podcast with that and so that's kind of all in the works at the moment uh, god's also blessed our family and that uh, was able to uh, take on a new job uh, at the hospital where I work, and so it, it involved uh, uh, pay raise and, and just uh, able to put our put us in a better position to uh, follow through on some of this work. So uh, exciting time! Absolutely. And if you guys are not familiar with the Slash Red Facebook page, please contact my dad, and he'll get you in um, some great stuff and some great content over there. 
And it's been really encouraging to hear other bivocational pastors in their hearts um, and, and just for your heart to be passionate and to encourage them on their journeys, which has been awesome. So now that you are here, I am super excited to announce that our guest speaker here today is an author and also a pastor in Connecticut. He is the author of many books like Different by Design, Off Scripts, Real Christianity, and so much more. Uh, I've only been able to research only four books, but there are so much more books and resources to get out of him. And it's no surprise who it is, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Pastor Kerry Schmidt. Man, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for asking me to be on it, Trey. I'm happy to talk to you and your dad and appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. I really appreciate it. So uh, let's dive right into this. Please tell us a little bit of your testimony and a little bit of your story of how God was working in your heart from when you were very young all the way up into where God is working for you now. Sure. I was uh, not born into a an active Christian family. My dad was saved as a child, but he was away from God when I was born. My mom did not know the Lord. So the first seven or eight years of my life, uh, we just kind of wandered, spiritually speaking. And I was born in Baltimore, and my dad took a job change that took us to uh, Alabama for a few years, and then ultimately to the Atlanta area. By the time I was about eight years old, he was really seeking the Lord again because he knew as a young dad and husband, he needed help. So thankfully, we ended up uh, visiting one morning a Bible-believing church in Roswell, Georgia. That's a wonderful providential story. Uh, the church was Lebanon Baptist Church. It happened to be the first Sunday of a Ron Comfort uh, revival meeting week. So that Sunday morning, we sat in church, and my mom trusted Christ as her Savior as a result of that service. We went back every night that week to the, to the services. I went to the kids' services, and by about Thursday night, I had trusted Christ as my Savior. So that was the week I was saved. And, uh, and then we became a Christian family, and we were in that church for about nine or ten years. Um, God really formed us there. Under the past, under the uh, pastorate of Dick Hester, and then God took us to the West Coast. By the time I was in my mid-teens and finished high school out there, met um, the lady I would marry in tenth grade, and uh, answered really as a kid. God began to call me to serve Him. I I just thought it was a strong desire from about fourth grade on. I wanted to go into ministry. But I look back on it now, and I and I believe that was a call or the evidence of, of God's call in my life. So um, anyway, went to Bible college, got married, and quickly jumped right into ministry, what was sort of a church replant in Lancaster, California. Now we know it as Lancaster Baptist Church and West Coast Baptist College. We were there for 22 years and kind of grew up with the church, and our family did as well. And then... Um, 10 years, 11 years ago, I faced a battle with cancer that lasted about a year. God healed me. Um, during that time, he kind of unraveled all my plans and began to reshape uh, my call and call me to follow him. I didn't know where that would lead or what that would in entail or involve. I was scared to death. Um, but about a year after my cancer battle, he called us to Connecticut and to a church revitalization. We came to 93 people that voted us in in uh, 2012. And so we're almost completing our 10th year. 
we're, we're nine and a half years in as of this recording, and we've just seen God do a wonderful work at our church and in our lives, and he's taught me so much in the last 10 years about his grace and goodness and about the power of the gospel, and so I'm just waking up every day trying to follow him, and um, most aspects of that story are no more spectacular or interesting than anybody else's, <laughs> just happens to be mine, um, but God's been faithful, and uh, I'm just trying to help people understand who he is and how to follow him. Absolutely. And one of the ways that you've been a huge impact in terms of the Christian realm is through your books. And uh, Guilty Charge, I actually first met you and I actually didn't know who you were until uh, my dad took me to Las Vegas for that Idea Summit in 2020. And so when I first heard you in the keynote, I'm like, okay, I've got to read his books. So um, I, I, was, I was just reading your books, and it was really just an encouragement to see how uh, your, your mindset process on how you are encouraging others in the, in the way that God wants to show himself um, in your life. And so it was really uh, just amazing to, to see that aspect. So here's a, uh, another question to follow up from your life story is uh, due to the fact that you've written so many books throughout the years, what was what were the couple of things that got you started to thinking, okay, maybe maybe this is what God wants me to do to be an author, to be encouragement to other Christians? What 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 was that struggle to get to the point where you just wanted to be author to write consistent books? Well, it just that there's I'll, I'll give you the high points of the journey. I guess it goes all the way back to about second grade. I remember the first time I ever actually grabbed a book off my elementary school bookshelf library bookshelf and read it and of course at second grade it was you know not much of a book but I remember the book I remember the subject and I remember how I was captivated I was like wow I just discovered this whole new reality that that words and that pages and that books could provide to me not only academically in learning but in adventure and in understanding the world and I just fell in love with reading and I remember actually writing the author of that children's book in second grade, sending it to her publisher in New York, telling her that I was going to grow up and write books. Um, so it's kind of one of those things that stuck with me as a kid that I always wanted to do. There have been two specific times in my life where I gave that desire and dream back to God. Uh, the first was when I was getting into ministry. I, I just did not want to follow my dreams. I wanted to make sure I was following Jesus. Um, and he led me into local church ministry, which I'm so glad of. And um, instead of pursuing writing, I just pursued uh, his kingdom through the local church. And it was about 14 years-ish, maybe 12 in ministry before I really got circled back around and began to give me that dream back. Um, we started a publications ministry at Lancaster, and I had the privilege of being in charge of it. And it was like God saying, here, you can write now. And um, so I was able to write not only my books, but but kind of ghostwrite for some others and edit for some others. And it was a great, a great opportunity. And I loved it. And, uh, and then when God took us away from California, um, that door just, it just changed it, it that, that door didn't stay open. Um, and so a few years ago, I, I did the same thing. I said, okay, God, I don't, I'm not going to self-publish. I don't really, 
I'm, I want to be a pastor and, and a grandpa and a, and a husband and a father. If you want me to write, you got to show me that there's an open door and you, how you want me to do that. Um, and like within a couple of weeks, God opened another door um, with Moody Publishers. So um, that door is still open and I'm in regular conversation with them. And now he's given me an agent and lots of things have changed, but I would have never imagined all that unfolding. I just, you know, go back to the simplicity of it. It's just number one, put Jesus first. Number two, try to uh, share his message in any way that I can, whether it's verbally or in preaching or teaching or on a podcast, or whether that's on a blog post or an article or, or in a book. And if he gives me the opportunity to write, then I sure enjoy uh, doing it. It's a lot of hard work. And it's a, <laughs> I like to say this metaphor, it's a fickle mistress because uh, maybe nobody will like the book. You know, maybe nobody will buy the book. <laughs> maybe no publisher will want to publish the book. At any point in the journey, your book can come back to bite you hard. Um, or maybe once people write, read the book, they'll criticize it and critique it, you know, and so um, it really is risky. Uh, it's risky thing to do, but um, it's been definitely something God has opened the door for me to do. And I've just tried to obey him and step through those doors and I've enjoyed doing it. And I'm looking forward to doing more of it as he allows me to. Gary, uh, just a bit of a follow-up to that. Uh, the Journey Begins podcast is is uh, about Trey's journey specifically, but also about folks who, um, younger folks who are starting their journey. Can you can you talk for just a moment about the value of a, a regular writing practice, uh, even for someone who who doesn't have uh, aspirations of authorship or anything like that? Just the the value in terms of clarifying your your own heart, your own ideas, uh, your own relationship with God, even. Um, to, to do a regular writing uh, practice or habit? Yeah, that's, I, it can't be overstated, Mike, what you're talking about. A lot of people want to write, but they don't. Yes. Um, and they talk about it, they have the dream, but they don't, they don't do it. Uh, I, I, it's been said, I don't know who said this, everybody wants to have written a book, but nobody wants to actually write a book. Exactly. <laughs> It's kind of funny. It becomes more of like uh, this, this mystical identity in their minds, you know, instead of just the hard work, the raw work. And I think part of it's because there's a lot of like the risk I just talked about, it may go nowhere. So um, for real writers, I think the passion is all about obedience to God. And I did start writing um, without any promise of publication. So I started, my first book was Discover Your Destiny. It's about making right decisions. It's written, the center of the target is an 18-year-old high school graduate or nearly a high school graduate, how to make right decisions and how to have a framework for your life to, to build a life of good decisions. I decided to write that book, if only for my own kids and grandkids. And I didn't think anybody would publish it. I planned to self-publish and I did actually, the first five, 10,000 copies of that book, I self-published and it was after that that we decided to start striving together publications. Somewhere along in that same uh, that same time frame, the internet was exploding, and this thing called blogging became a thing. And blogging, at first I heard the word, I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to start one and just see what happens. And I just started writing articles, things that God was teaching me, 
in no, with no rhyme or reason. I just started writing. And um, I tried to do one a week or one every you know, couple of week or now it's far less because most of my writing is sermon preparation or uh, other materials. Um, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so so the blog is, is hard for me now, but for many years I was doing an article a week. And here's what a friend in Christian publishing told me. Um, this was about a year ago. She told me this because I was trying to give the same advice to my daughter who is graduating with a writing degree and she's writing full-time for Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee, which is a cool a global ministry. But uh, I have a friend that's in Christian publishing and has been for 30 years. She used to write for Chuck Swindoll and um, several others. She said, writing in the Christian realm is like stepping into a moving stream. She said, if you wait for something to happen to you where you can start to write, it will never happen. She said, what you have to do is start writing and use whatever means you can to push that writing out to an audience. And here's the thing that I've always decided to do. Forgive me if this is too long of an answer, but I've always said, God, the audience is up to you. I'm simply going to be a messenger. I'm going to write the message you're teaching me from your word, and you give it whatever audience you want to give it. There's all kinds of books and strategies out there about building your platform. I can thankfully say I've never read any of them. I'm not saying it's bad to read them. I'm just saying I've always been afraid of my own motives. I've never wanted my motive to be, how can I build a platform? Um, I've wanted my motive to be, how can I be a faithful messenger of the word of God and the truth of God um, through my life, through my story and, and through opportunities that God's given me? I just want to be a good steward. I, I don't I don't need to be read or known. That's not that's not the point. I just want to be a good, faithful steward of of God's call in my life. And then, um, so the the blog kind of began to travel, and um, God began to give it its own its own presence and voice. And so, I just would would strongly say to anybody that wants to write, start writing, uh, whether it's through a blog, whether it's submitting articles to other blogs as guest posts or to other outlets to periodicals, whether it's uh, just self-publishing through Amazon. There's so many options nowadays of, of a prospective writer starting. Um, and the thing about like getting a contract with a, with a mainstream publisher or an agent or something like that, they want to know that you have a track record already and that you come to the table with at least some audience. It's pretty rare uh, it's exceptionally rare that anybody gets a relationship with a mainstream publisher that they didn't previously self-publish or kind of start their own, working their own, you know, their own process that God uh, kind of unfolded for them. So it's just important to start. And I would say, right, and let God give it the voice that he wants it to have, the audience that he wants it to have. Absolutely. And that that was a, a fantastic uh, question because, you know, I am building connections in my journey and a lot of people that I come in contact with who are my age, you know, they have stories to tell and they have, you know, some experiences that they want to either say on a podcast or doing a blog or write it down, but they just don't know how. And so um, given the chance to do this podcast, 
just allows me just to encourage them, like, you know, hey, we have the chance here to uh, let God use our voices to honor and glorify him and be able to share other people of the stories. They're like, oh, I'm going through that story as well. Or, oh, I need that encouragement. So th that was a fantastic question, Dad. So a follow-up question that goes with that is a writer, I, I don't, I don't know if this to be the case, but sometimes when you were you were saying about the the struggles as a writer, tell me a little bit about how difficult it is to be a writer when you have everything else going on as a pastor or things going on in life, taking care of a family and all of that. What's the difficult level in that, and what would you say was something that helps you to keep going in terms of writing your books to, to be able to buy time for family or be able to be a pastor and all that. Yeah. So the first 12 or 15 years, it was just late nights. I mean, I, I would, you know, I would spend time with my, I'd do my work, spend time with my family, put my kids to bed. And if I was working on a book, I would then, you know, say to my wife, I'm going to stay up for a few hours and work and you know, try to write a chapter. I would say um, we underestimate the power of um, one page at a time over you know a year or two, and I, that's not typically how I like to write. But most people think, well, you know, writing a two or three hundred page book, that's a big project. It is. Fifty thousand words is a big project. Sixty thousand words, but one thousand words is not a big project. And so it's like you know, you, you, you eat the elephant one bite at a time, you know, 1000 words at a time you press forward. Um, so for me, I, I would say, um, the last 10 years I've written less, uh, than previously be, simply because I've just, I'm just juggling more, um, in some ways more and in some ways less. Now here's the good news. Here's where I'm at in life right now. Our church is healthy. Our school is healthy. It's been every bit of 10 years of an uphill climb to, to see the ministry stabilize. Have a, a growing staff that's really um, helpful. And, um, and I'm an empty nester. So my kids are all married and gainfully employed uh, and faithfully growing their families. So I can see God opening up opportunity and margin in my life to be able to write more in the next 10 years. So I'm hopeful that it will happen. But I would say it's it's just priority. I read a stat last week that astounded me. It was out of the book called The Wisdom Pyramid. I think this is where I heard this. I do a lot of reading, and so um, forgive me if I misquote this, but I think the author of that book said, every day of our lives, most Americans read the equivalent of a full-length fictional novel. What he was saying was we do that through in our social media streams, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, just scrolling the news feed. We, we consume that much stuff, emails, text messages. And, um, and then I think of the amount of time most people spend watching TV or binge watching a show like on Netflix or something. And I think if we're going to live out God's purposes in our lives today, Christians are going to have to carve out time to be the voices God's called us to be. And if I have time to consume that, that much media, then I certainly have time to write. It's just going to be um, a matter of a priority, making it a priority. Absolutely. And so um, kind of a couple more questions before we wrap this up. And um, something, 
something that striked out to me um, from from your journey where um, being very young um, and how God was redirecting your life into now the point that I did not know this until now that you were part of, uh, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, Lanchester Baptist in, in West Coast. Uh, what, what Tell me a little bit of what that experience life was like in terms of those 22 years uh, to uh, to be in that kind of environment. And also, um, what was it like to uh, be able to write with Paul Chapel? Because I, I do uh, I do respect him a lot. So It was wonderful. I mean, um, when we got there, Pastor, I was in high school and Pastor Chapel went there and helped him move down. And uh, God gave us a, a very unique relationship. Three years later, right out of Bible college, uh, jumped right into ministry. The church was running maybe 350 or 400. And we just got to grow up there in the most amazing journey uh, of seeing people come to Christ and be discipled and a church blossom literally from 400 to 5,000, you know, and the school grew and the college grew. And we, we started the college in, you know, I forget, I want to say like 95 or 96. And and then we started striving together publications in like 2000 or something like that. And we saw buildings constructed and God let me be a part of a lot of different aspects of the ministry and teams and overseeing a couple of big construction projects and the growth of the youth ministry and the music ministry and the media and then uh, eventually the publications. It was just an adventure. Every day was an adventure. I loved uh, working with Pastor Chapel and his family, watching his kids grow up. I loved my teams that I got to serve with on staff. A lot of those teams grew up in the youth ministry. And so it's just 22 years of cherished memories and gratitude for uh, the journey. Um, getting to write books with and for Pastor Chapel was a great privilege and honor. Uh, work teaming up and working on that stuff and seeing those things come to reality. It was just every project was another adventure. Uh, and knowing that God is still using that stuff today is, it just, uh, it's awesome. It's wonderful to have been able to expend uh, that, that large chunk of my life, 22 years um, into those, into that ministry, into those relationships. And I'll tell you this, Trey, some today, some of my dearest friends in life are the, uh, the young people that grew up in the youth group that I got to be the youth pastor of. Some of them are on my own staff in, in uh, Connecticut, um, but it just I just cherish every year and all the great friendships and memories and the wonderful miracles that God did. That's awesome. Dad, do you have any follow-up questions before I get to my last question? Come on, Dad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I do have a question, and I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm, I'm going to, unpack it just a little bit before I get to the question here. So um, I, I, uh, it's interesting to hear Trey interview you and, and to hear you talk about being saved at a Ron Comfort revival. And, and I just, I have a complete mental picture of what that looked like. And Trey has no idea. He has, he, he has no, he doesn't know who Ron Comfort is. Doesn't know, you know, I just, it's an, that's an interesting um, dynamic to me. Um, so I am, I personally am 30 years into my ministry leadership journey. And you're somewhere in there. It's, it's mm -hmm. maybe a little bit longer, but a similar length of time. Um, if, 
if my uh, you know, Trey turned 21 like a week ago, okay, if my 21 year old self had been confronted with what my 46 year old self looks like in terms of just where I find myself in the body of Christ and my postures toward different things, my 21 year old self would have flipped his lid. And, and so, um, so that, that journey to, from where, from that 21 year old self to this 46 year old self, I'm, I am, I, I love where God has brought me to, but it hasn't been without its pain. It hasn't been without its friction. It hasn't been, and some of that was of my own doing. Okay, so my my question for you is, as 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 I shepherd Trey and as Trey begins his his journey here, what can what can Trey and 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 people like him keep in mind that will allow them to to move into the different parts of their journey that God has for them and 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 and, and accept it and and be open to it and mm-hmm. and move, get for lack of a better word get more efficiently or more quickly to where God's taking them to without sort of throwing up their own roadblocks by by the way that they um, are confronted with with changes Oh man, you're asking a really good question. Um, Mike, I don't know that it's possible to, for any generation to more efficiently move down the journey that God has for them. And the reason I say that is, yeah, I want to, I want to believe I'm helping my kids now expedite their, their theological growth, mm-hmm. understanding the gospel things that at 21 and and even 31 or 40, I did not fully grasp that I do now. And yet at the same time, I think um, every generation has kind of made a similar journey. In other words, I I think everybody looks back, everybody at 42 or 52 looks back at their 22 year old self and says, wow, you had a lot to learn and God had a lot to teach you. And uh, life had a lot to reveal to you that you had no idea was coming down the road. Um, So the main thing I I would say in light of your question, which is just so great and so brilliant, is this, Trey, God is a fixed entity in your life and, and your listeners. If they're younger, you know, if they're a younger generation of listeners, his word is absolutely reliable. The word of God is the only unshifting ground. Everything else is shifting sand. Um, everything else you can stand on or anchor yourself to, it can change and, and come undone out from under you. Your job, your health, your, your relationships, your education, your mental capacity, your physical capacity. Um, I mean, all of it can come undone. Your possessions, the economy, your, your nation, uh, your your geopolitical securities, everything we take for granted in the temporal world can prove to be fragile and shakable. But Jesus is unchanging. He is He is my shepherd, and He is leading me. And the events of my life will be no surprise to Him. And so, the the at the 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 smarter 
the, the path forward for a younger person is to drive deep into a relationship with Jesus, to anchor your heart and to embed yourself into his word. To some degree, you're going to get it right in your understanding. To some degree, you're going to get it wrong. Um, but the good news is your success in life is not based on you getting it right or wrong. It's based on the faithfulness of Jesus. Jesus is going to know where you get it right and where you get it wrong, and he's going to guide you, and he's going to, he's going to lead you on a journey of spiritual growth, spiritual sanctification, and biblical understanding. The older you get, the more you're going to understand the Word of God as a faithful student of the Word of God, and the more you're going to wish you understood it sooner, okay? The problem is, it's an infinite book, and um, I just don't know that it was possible for me to understand at 22 or 32, what I understand at 52. I don't know that there was a way to fast track it. I just trust the Lord that he took me on the journey he took me on and that he's been faithful to me and incredibly patient with me. Um, one thing I would say in light of all that, that speaks to your dad's question is humility is becoming and very, um, it's, advisable to a younger generation. If I could give my younger self some advice, it would be uh, catch your breath and, and don't assume you know as much as you think you know. <laughs> like be a little less presumptuous and um, give it time, be balanced and let, let God grow you. Like stay away from the extremes Hold on to Jesus because um, everything you think you're positive about, you're going to be less positive about when you're when you're 52. <laughs> uh, and yet, the core, the foundational things of the Word of God have proven to be unchanging. So, I guess I'll finish with this because I'm sorry I'm giving a long answer. No so, Mike, and I think you could identify with this. Uh, Mike, the most essential things that you were sure about at 22 in the faith you're probably only deeper and more sure of today. Exactly. Yep. But the peripheral, you know, debatable things in your 20s or 30s that you wanted to be sure about, mm -hmm. those just kind of melt away the older you get and they become like non-essentials and almost sectarian or tribal or, um, uh, you know, they're not just non-essential, they're actually distractions yeah. to the core of what God gave us in his word, as far as our gospel purposes and our gospel identity. So, um, boy, you asked a big question, but, um, I, I pray I'm, I just, uh, admire you for doing a podcast like this to encourage, uh, your generation to hold on to the Lord. And I would say, um, society is changing rapidly around us, but God's word and Jesus, uh, he's, he's, He's the foundation, and he will guide us every step of the way, and um, he's, he, he will prove faithful through it all. Yes, sir, and uh, I'm going to end that question on that positive note because um, that, that answer was something that I'm actually continuing to struggle with myself um, because I'm, I took an internship for another pastor since like I think it was October and one of the things that God's been showing me is this fact of so much things that I'm continuing to learn um you know a lot of things that 
you know, being born in a Christian home and being raised and you know, knowing all this stuff and you're like, oh, I know all this. And then come to the internships like, oh, I got so much to learn. Um, I'm, I am beginning to realize that the humility is key moving forward with my life to, to go into 20 years, 30 years and look back and say, I've established that humility to move forward and to, to let God to continue to shape me, to mold me. So for young listeners like me and to those who are listening, I want to I want to say this, you know, whatever your passion may be, whether you want to, um, you have a story to tell, uh, whether you, you have something that you're struggling with, or whether it may be that God's taking you on a journey that you're, you're realizing some things. I encourage you, write it down. Um, I, I'm at the process right now where I don't have a passion for writing books, but my dad and through people like uh, Pastor Kerry here, they encourage me to write things down of things that I've learned, things that I'm thinking of, and, and things that God is showing me in that way. And one of the things that I found really helpful is writing things down. I look back and I go, oh, okay, now I've thought of this. I can have a different mindset of that or maybe just an encouragement when I'm discouraged about something. Just write it down. Lay your, lay your heart on it. And, and what I encourage you is what you write down, let it encourage other people to say, hey, you know, I have something that um, I've been going through. Can you read this with me? And so uh, I just encourage you, whatever, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're doing in terms of being an author, whatever the case may be, just write it down and let God work in that aspect. And as far as uh, the question to develop um, the generation that we're in with not just humility, but continuing to walk in God and to be more like Jesus Christ, I just encourage you to look in that aspect of we have so much to learn in the next 10 to 20 to 30 years. And if we get to the point where we humble ourselves to God knowing that we're not going to know everything. We're going to look back in the next 20, 30 years and just thank God for how he's been working in that time frame to working till now. And so I appreciate you both, you uh, guys both on being on the podcast. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Karen, for being on the podcast. It meant a lot to me to, for, to hear and share your story. Well, thank you for the invitation. And I want to say before I go, um, Mike, I sure appreciate you. Um, Trey, your dad, you got a hero there in your dad. And um, I, I, we're connected on social media. We bump into each other at different places. But I've always thought I, if I had more time and lived closer, I think Mike and I could really be good friends. Um, he just seems like a solid, steady man who loves God. And I just have great respect and admiration for your dad and uh, now for you. So you follow in his steps and uh, be faithful and keep letting God use you both. And thank you for, uh, for your friendship. Yes, sir. And I'll just say, Carrie, thank you for those kind words, but, um, and I'm, I'm grateful to you for, for uh, accepting Trey's invitation. And I will say as well, you've been a voice that I have sort of um, found to be one of my true North voices um, mm. through my journey. And so um, that, that it means the world to me to get to dialogue with you here today and to do it with my son is just all, it's just another level of, 
of uh, cool. So I uh, appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Let's do it again. And uh, I'm thankful you guys are doing this. Trey, you got to tell me what, how did you get 6,000 listeners? That's astounding. Like that's fantastic. Yeah, I know. Um, I know it, it was honest. Honestly, it was more of a God thing. Um, Cause I was not expecting this to explode as it did, but um, one of the ways I, I believe that exploded was because there were young people like me that were like, I want to hear more stories like this. And so yeah. Um, but I, I just, I just found out that God was just using this podcast to help young listeners to, to hear other stories and to continue to develop on their stories as an encouragement. So, you know, all glory to God for, for just the fact of how this has been growing. But I just really think that God's just using this podcast for listeners like me to learn from your guys' stories and and just to be, be able to develop on our stories. So. Yeah, I, awesome. I I don't know why, but it, it's it's through God that uh, that's get to that point. So, but as we end this, um, I encourage you guys to look up his books. Um, one of my favorite books is the book Off Script, um, because it, it talks about the fact of being on a journey one way and how God rewrites your story. And so, I really appreciate that book. So, uh, check out that book and so many others. His book. Continue to stay tuned to my dad as he continues to develop in the uh, circle realm of bivocational pastors. If you are a bivocational pastor or considering to be one, uh, follow him up and for slash rev as a lot of things are coming uh, your way for that. And as far as Journey Begins podcast, you know, one of the ways uh, just to be able to, uh, you know, keep this moving forward is. I'm not expecting support or anything like that. I'm just expecting prayers, uh, prayers that God's going to use other guest speakers that I asked to come on here to be able to share their stories and to use it to honor and glorify him. And, and just a chance to encourage you and to take little pieces for your lifestyle to be able to continue on your journey that God has for you. So once again, thank you so much for both tuning in. A lot of things to come. We got Evangelist Dave Young on the podcast. That's going to be an amazing interview. I really appreciate uh, him and uh, so many others. So continue to stay tuned. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey Begins Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor by Spotify, the easiest way to make podcasts. Are you interested in starting a podcast and you want to discuss some things that you have been thinking about? Try out Anchor Podcast. It is free to use and real easy, simple steps to set up. I encourage you to check out their website to create your own podcast and to share it with me as we go through the journeys together that God has for us. If you would like to reach out to me and be able to be part of this podcast, or just simply send out encouragement or some thoughts, please look us up at Journey Begins Podcast on Facebook or directly DM me through Instagram and Facebook at Trey Rowell through Facebook and City Boy for Life on Instagram. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Peace out.